We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome to a Monday morning edition Oxford Exxon podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready here with you. Starting another week, starting the third week of preseason camp as Ole Miss heads toward its September 3rd date with the Troy Trojans. Former Ole Miss coach uh, John Sumrall leading the Trojans. We've got plenty of time to get to Troy. We're just talking about we'll start getting into some team stuff here uh, in the coming uh, days and definitely with the next week or so. But today we're going to talk about uh, Saturday scrimmage that was open to the fans, open to the media. So maybe some of you guys are in the stream and obviously some of you listening in podcast form, we're there for uh, that. The Rebels went for a little less than two hours or so on uh, on Saturday. So we'll hit that and some other topics here with you this uh, this morning. Podcast brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. Blue Sky location there and throughout Mississippi. It's up and down I-55 and all over North Mississippi as well. You know about taking pictures of the QR code right there and um, getting – thousand bonus points and 10 bucks when you download the exxon mobile app that's easy so it's a lunch special it's 569 two sides of bread 32 ounce drinks and let them take care of you for dinner tonight ribs plenty of other options in the hot case if you call ahead they'll have them wrapped up and ready to go for you and again coming to you from the clark ford studio clark ford's in amory mississippi 662-257-1900 is the number call it ask for Corey clark tell Corey what ford product you're looking for he'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours Right to the bottom line, no hassle, no haggle. You get your quote, the rest completely up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do. Let's hop into a Clark Ford today, 662-257-1900. Guests join on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. Great place to grab a burger, a po' boy, an appetizer. Great beer selection, full bar, and more. They uh, also have Rafters in New Albany. And there's Rafters on the Water out at... Um, Sardis. So if you're hanging out at Sardis this coming weekend, uh, school getting ready to start, maybe one last uh, hurrah out there, you can uh, enjoy margarita, cold beer, burger, whatnot at Raptors on the Water at Sardis. 
So we'll get into some scrimmage stuff in a minute. Just a little quick reading if you have any interest. Kind of in college football, it's been one of the better success stories over the last eight or years or so since they were reinstated. Alex Scarborough has a really good story on ESPN about Bill Clark retiring, the former UAB coach. He uh, he stepped down from the Blazers, citing back issues, something that actually dates back to his high school days from a, uh, a, a squatting weightlifting injury during that time. But he is... Uh, Selling his house just outside Birmingham. I'm assuming they're downsizing with him no longer being a coach. And uh, Alex kind of uses that as the uh, the set-off point for, uh, for a pretty good feature story on ESPN. So I was kind of reading about Bill Clark a little this morning. A guy who had popped up in some different coaching searches and did one hell of a job when UAB reinstated the program when they tried to get it off and running because – the difficulty of running, and I get they're not Power Five, not an SEC team or something, but running any power, any FBS program, when they say, "Hey, go find players," but we really don't have any money, and we're not going to play for two years, that is a that that is an undertaking that maybe was glossed over a little at the time of how difficult that would be or is. So anyway, just, uh, yeah, he did, he did an incredible job there. I mean, he turned them into a very respectable, solid program, and it was pretty much all his work they had no players in 2015 and 2016 did not play until 2017 and in 2018 won 11 games yeah won 11 and 3 in 2018 yeah he did a he did an amazing job he won his uh his division in conference usa three straight times from 18 19 and 20 I, you think he's done done i think this is it sounds like it you think so from from what i've read sounds like just the 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 wear and tear on his body trying to coach a season had, had just gotten to the point where it was mentally debilitating. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he was at Jacksonville State for one year. That was his other head coaching job prior to UAB. Basically ran through a bunch of a uh, bunch of high schools prior to that, mostly in Alabama. Yeah, he had been at Prattville and some other places. I guess he was at South Al. Siski probably knows him pretty well. I would assume. Yeah, I think There's Tyler and he are friends. Are they? I think they know one another. We might talk about it at some point. Okay. Uh, so coach knows everybody though. I mean, he coaching's like that's yeah. kind of a weird fraternity. Yeah. So, coverage Rebel Grove from the scrimmage on Saturdays, video of Kip and all, all kind of stuff. But uh, we've had a couple days since then. Has anything that you wrote or thought on Saturday changed in the last forty eight hours? <laughs> Kind of like Kiffin when he gets asked that today. Hey, you watch the film now. We 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 have not watched the film. We've simply separated ourselves from it for two days. Um, not really. There's a narrative that has been established by some. First of all, this is an interesting thing to me. Sure. There's an assumption by a lot of fans that because some media have a dog in the hunt, that all media have a dog in the hunt. I can honestly say that I feel like I watch a scrimmage with zero preference for who I would like to see do well. I saw, the, I saw those fist pumps. I mean, the only I, moment, Neil's up in the crowd. I mean, you must, you would mistake him, well, A, for a Bengal scout, and B, for, yeah. I mean, a really, I mean, every time Altmaier did anything, just, I mean, just the little, only moment like tiger of, at pebble. The only moment of emotion that I felt in the entire scrimmage was when Mason Brooks went down. <laughs> and I thought, well, first of all, I hope he's okay. And then second, I thought, well, this will be an interesting show if this is – because from my perspective up top, I thought it was a leg injury. Yeah. And I thought, ah, oh, damn it. 
Yeah, like, for, for full disclosure, I was on the field, Neil was in the stands, and when he came down, it, his first thought was, he's okay, right? Now, I think that was the first sentence he said to me as, as we walked up. So I walked up to Mason. I committed I committed a media, uh, I committed a media uh, offense. Technically, I'm not supposed to talk to Mason in that um, environment. environment. He was but, He was finished. He was signing an autograph for some little kid, I think, or taking a picture with a little kid or something. Yeah. And I just walked up to him. I said, you all right? And he goes, yeah, I just got my bell rung. And I'm like, okay, cool. And, uh, I mean, you know, because I, I was worried it was like ACL or something when he, the way he went down. But other than that, I don't know that – I think it would be disingenuous to say that there are not media outlets covering this beat who are cheering for Luke Altmaier. I, I think it's clear that they are, and it's because he's a Mississippi kid. Um, but there's a narrative that's kind of been established since then, kind of in fan world, that that Dart was dominant. And I, I guess I have two responses to that. He was really good. His coach didn't have anything super positive to say about either one of them. Somewhat by design and somewhat because there is more to it than we yeah. think. And then the other thing was, if you're going to just look at sheer numbers, Altmaier wasn't awful. He held the ball too long. I thought he was tentative. Um, I thought he was watching pass rush. Now, there's no way for me to know that because I don't I, – I, I'm not in his head. We have not spoken to him, and we have no idea. So um, It looks like Dart was looking downfield more. Uh, the one thing that I came away from was, like, you look at the passing numbers, and it's funny, the numbers don't reflect – because I got back here and I sat down – and I started doing stats. Like, yeah, hold on, I have them up. We'll, we'll, we'll just for anybody that has not seen it, you can't again subscribe to rebelgrove.com, Go to the board there. And I know I need to shave. I haven't had a chance to shave today. I got up. I was helping my wife water plants, and I went walk the dogs. I'm going to shave later today. I just didn't get around to it. It was one of those things. So it's not that bad. You got like a little five o'clock shadow, but it's not. I mean, yeah, I, it's nothing. I, my thing is when I shave, I would never have noticed it. I need ten minutes to shave because I shave my head too. So it's going to take a minute, and I didn't. Have you never that. shave your face without shaving your head. It's no. all at the same time always. No, and this is like as far as I like to let it go because it just starts to itch. I guess you do have a little bit of you show a little shadow there. Yeah, a that. little bit. Whatever. I mean, nobody cares. Um, Luke Altmar, twelve for eighteen, ninety-seven yards, an interception. Yeah, these are very unofficial, but I'll trust Neil to do a pretty good job. Jackson Dart, sixteen for twenty-one, two forty-four and two. That's what I had. And Kincaid Dent, 7 for 7, 56, too. I don't think he took a snap with the first team or the second team. He but did I'm not. not 100%. He did not. Okay. He did not. Um, And so you look at those numbers and you go, oh, boy, they lit the defense up. And had I been – had you asked me for a verdict immediately who won, offense or defense, I would have said defense. I would have, too. And so – the one thing that I saw in that, and the reason that I think you have to be careful with scrimmage stats, is I think had that been a live game, the quarterbacks would have gotten mutilated. Quarterbacks were getting hit a lot on Saturday if they let quarterbacks get hit. Both quarterbacks were flush from the pocket a lot. They were on the run a lot. There was lots of kind of arguing between the two sides on where somebody would have been down had they been playing tackle, and they sort of let that go a little bit and some things along those lines. Yeah, I thought that there was a lot of disruption, especially up the middle. I thought that 
quarterbacks Dart and Altmaier both were really, really, really trying to be careful to get not get flushed out from right up the middle, and then they started sort of telegraphing that and looking for that. And I mean, JJ Pegues was disruptive on Saturday. They were they were yeah. having a hard time, kind of in that interior blocking. And now Kiffin said, you know, look, we weren't scheming our defense. If we we could have shored up a few things and done some different things to fix that, if we were actually playing them, but it was what it was. But no, they held the ball. They got out of the pocket. Um, they scrambled a lot. I it, it felt. Even just results based, I don't think the one scored until maybe like the fifth drive or something. They got bottled up, or, or at least the touchdown. I guess yeah. Cruz hit some kicks, but they they got off to kind of a slow. They they moved the ball well between the twenties, I thought, and then got bogged down in the red zone from from an offensive standpoint. And it just felt like the defense, for the most part, was really disruptive. Outside of a couple backs getting hot on some series, it the, the defense won just from a straight eye test standpoint. Yeah, so Mingo was in a white. No, can't hit no him contract. in Jersey. Heath was too. Uh, Heath was too. Robinson didn't play. Yeah. Broker played a few snaps. And one, one quick thing on the wide receivers is when that happens, that moves Jordan Watkins outside instead of in the slot. So you're not just losing a receiver. Yeah. You're also moving guys out of maybe where they're supposed to be or where they would be if your entire lineup was out there. So there were some receiver issues as far as the quarterbacks having a lot of options down the field. So you had that. You had – Broker didn't play much. Brooks got hurt early. So you were shuffling your offensive line. You had to move a couple of second guy, second team guys to the first team, which meant when you went to the second team offensive line, it had some third team guys in it. The snaps from the second center, I'm not picking on him, but they were awful. Yeah. It was disruptive. Mo- 85% of the snaps, give or take, was high. Yeah. They were up. And so – if a quarterback is a play is designed for the quarterback to be looking at his progressions and he immediately has to leap high into the air to catch a ball to come down get your your the play's disrupted from the start and there was a lot of that so my anticipation is that Lane is going to say yeah you know we're not I'm not ready to make judgment off one practice that had a lot of variables involved that's that's my guess now to the naked eye and I guess we all are out there with naked eyes, if you will. Um, I, I I think it was pretty obvious which quarterback did the most good things. It was it was dark. Which quarterback, if you were watching that and you said, which one of those quarterbacks could go win games in the SEC right now? I think you'd say dark. But there are some things that Jackson has to fix. He has... He threw the ball down the field better. He attempted more windows than, than Luke did. Yeah. He seemed a little more confident. He seemed yeah. to keep his eyes downfield better than Luke did. I, I just thought – I mean, I, I don't want to put a reason on it or an emotion on it because I have no idea what, what, what Luke was thinking or seeing or anything else. But, again, from my eyes, he looked tentative and like he could not stay downfield with his eyes for most of the thing. There was lots of dump-offs and really quick getting out of the pocket and moving with his feet and sort of – I hate to – it's not really fair to say giving up on the play, but didn't appear to be going through reads the same way Jackson was down the field is at least what it looked like knowing nothing else. Frankly, I thought Kincaid Dent played better than Luke – 
Now, Kincaid was playing against third-teamers. Yeah, and with third-teamers. Yeah, so I don't know what that means. I mean, look, the fact that Kincaid has not been on the bottom field getting ones and two snaps tells me that he's the third quarter. Yeah, that was – you know, everybody keeps asking that. That's why Lane is not getting tons of Kincaid-Dent questions is he's not doing anything with the main field. I mean, it's not – There's no justification for yeah. asking the question. Because, I mean, I was talking to Suss about that on Saturday. It looks like from a third-team standpoint – now, people can move up and down – but the one guy they seem most interested in on the third-team offense is Larry Simmons. Yeah. They, now, is it this year? Probably not, but they like him a lot. He's flashes. They like him a lot, and I don't think they're just wild about some of the stuff that's happening at receiver. Now, Dennis Jackson had a pretty good day on Saturday. They need Dennis to do something, and he kind of did. Braylon Brown had some moments Saturday. They need that, too. J.J. Henry was pretty good on I think J.J. Henry's going to play. Yeah. Um, Henry was good. You know, I don't know what the issue is with Jalen Robinson. He he's appears to be legitimately injured. So. This is four or five days in a row now. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and you're gonna wide receivers are gonna get banged up. You you've got to have some depth there. I didn't I didn't walk off that field thinking, much, not much in my mind had changed. Like I still walked out of there. Someone said, would you change your prediction? I said, no, I'd still go eight and four. And if you told me I was off one, I'd go seven and five until they answer some questions. I I didn't see a 10 and two football team, but it's August the 13th when I saw it. They don't have to be a 10 and two football team on August the 13th. And when Lane Kiffin says we still have a long way to go, he's not lying. That's not coach speak. I mean, barring something catastrophic, they have to be a 10 and two football team or a nine and three football team October 1st. Yeah, the day Kentucky comes to town. You know, and then I saw something on Sunday morning um, that, and I posted it, but it was a reminder to me, and I think it should be a reminder to Ole Miss fans that you lost more off that team last year than Matt Corral. Mark Robinson's making plays in Pittsburgh. I mean, he's going to play. Chance Campbell might start as a rookie. Probably won't, but he might. Took more snaps than any other linebacker in a Titans uniform in their first preseason game. Did he? They are clearly giving him a long look, and they like what they see. You replace those guys. Sam Williams, at least from what I saw last week, has been sort of dominant in Cowboys camp. Maybe something has changed since then. I don't know. I, I don't follow every NFL team's training camp. It's just not possible. But – you know, Jake Springer, for what he did in the Ole Miss, what his role was in that defense, he was elite at it. So you're replacing all of those things. And then offensively, you've just got all these new faces, including quarterback, and it's going to take a minute. I mean, the one thing that did strike me offensively is you can tell there's just not a ton of chemistry yet, which is what to be expected. I mean, you can see the new guys too, and then a couple of the guys that really need to be better at it. I mean, there was there was formation issues, lineup issues. Nobody was in the right spot all the time. There was some discombobulation with the quarterbacks trying to communicate to some of the young guys or the new guys on where to be. I mean, it was Kiffin got pissed off three, four, five times about just getting in the right spots over the course of Saturday. Yeah, I'm going to guess based on my years of covering college football that on game day they're not going to allow the coaches to be on the field. It'll be a penalty. Yeah. And had the coaches not been on the field on Saturday, you would have had to burn a bunch of timeouts. Yeah. Or take a five-yard 
delay of game or whatever because there were at least three. I know Danis once and Trigg twice. I don't know past that, but I saw more than that. I just didn't get numbers or pay attention that close. I was waiting for someone to ask a Trigg question because I had a feeling that Lane had an answer queued up. Uh, I did not want to be the guy that fell victim to that, and so I kept my mouth closed. Um, he's not. He's not there yet. Again, that's my thing. Is so people are like, well, what did you think? I don't know. He I mean, kind of the look, grade right now is really incomplete. Jackson is farther along at quarterback than Trigg is at tight end. Don't get me yes. wrong, but they are very similar in the standpoint of they flash and you go, holy shit! Like yeah. that is amazing. Like Trigg went across the middle a couple times and caught a couple balls, and you saw how physical he was and. You know, in the last practice for the scrimmage, I guess like Thursday, he catches the ball by the middle, and somebody tries to arm tackle him, and he kind of pushes him down. You're like, hey, no, there's there's real talent there. Oh, sure. And you see that with Dart, too, when he throws some of these balls and in windows. You go, wow. But then it you can't let that cloud over the other stuff when there's some basic football here that doesn't really get get acclimated the way it should. Yeah, and so you're, you're going from experienced guys that played a lot to talented but really inexperienced guys who haven't played a lot. And Trigg hasn't played much at all. Jackson played, what, five, six games at SC? Um, so they, look, there's going to be some growing pains. There, there just are. But nothing's changed my opinion that, boy, October the 1st is going to be really interesting. <laughs> it's really just the set answer for like and so, you know, month and a half. And I realize that's boring, and so we'll figure out a way to – Get around it. Get storylines for the for the next minute or two. But, I mean, kind of my opinion is October the 1st will really be interesting. That has remained the fact. And, and that hasn't changed. You know, I mean, they're going to beat Troy because Troy's not very good. And Ole Miss is going to be significantly better than Troy. Uh, I feel confident about the Central Arkansas game. Georgia Tech might be enough of an interesting game that we'll have something to talk about. Then but I if it's overly close, that's an Ole Miss problem. Yeah, and then I don't know anything about Tulsa but and win the game, whatever. Yeah. And and then then it gets real. And from that point forward, with the exception of a trip to Nashville, it's I, I'm I'm in. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I expect. Yeah, honestly, but we got some time, and I'm sure Lane Kiffin is thinking honestly that thank goodness we do, because yeah. he'll tell you that hey, you got a lot of work to do, and he's not wrong. As opposed to a year ago, offensively, where you know I think at this point in camp. His general sentiment was, "Let's just keep everyone healthy." I can remember him kind of saying that. Just need to stay healthy. Didn't need Matt out there turning an ankle or doing mm-hmm. something stupid. Just kind of roll. And now you, you got to work. What I I do think will happen this week is this is my guess, and you tell me whether you agree. I think we'll be one more week of quarterback competition, mm-hmm. and then I think based on just looking at how discombobulated they were at times. I think you'll see him have to make a call at quarterback. I'll buy that. Get into a yeah. rhythm a little bit. Get the 11, 14 guys who are going to play the most, and let's get going. And start get trying here. to get some – when I say chemistry, I don't mean getting along, but I mean timing and stuff as a unit. Yeah. All right. Hit a couple other topics in a minute. First, about Prime Shrimp, primeshrimp.com, a new flavor they have going. Remember the uh, – 
The lemon cracked pepper flavor is available now with PrimeShrimp.com. Another meal in a bag ready to go. I know it's busy, kids and different things. So if you need to feed them a quick meal, you get restaurant quality shrimp shipped straight to your door. You can use code MPW for $20 off on that order. Again, that's PrimeShrimp.com. One of the many flavors, including they also are now selling their two-pound bags of individually frozen shrimp, just like you get at a grocery store, except a higher quality from the New Orleans-based company. So whether it's the uh, lemon and cracked pepper or one of the other favorites that maybe you've tried before, again, code MPW for $20 off, and that's PrimeShrimp.com. A-Stock Options is a Nashville-based online auction company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items at A-Stock Auctions start at just $1. That's right. Every item starts at just $1. Shop now at astock.bid. That's A-S-T-O-C-K dot bid. Or download their app and name your price on thousands of items from big-name retailers. A-Stock Options. Auctions has multiple locations around Nashville that offer local pickups, so don't miss out. Want it? Bid it? Win it. We're also brought to you by My Perfect Franchise. If you're looking to diversify, looking to leave the corporate rat race to gain control of your income and schedule, My Perfect Franchise offers you that and more. They offer you the ability to create income and wealth. Let Andy Ludecki guide you through a comprehensive franchise evaluation. He has tons of franchise and business ownership experience to lean on. If you hate your job, your boss, your pay, you feel stuck, email Andy. It's andy at myperfectfranchise.net. Also brought to you by Solutions Rx. It's a probiotic multivitamin supplement company created by Ole Miss Pharmacy alum Chris Cornelison. It's pharmaceutical grade, manufactured right here inside Mississippi. If you take diabetes, high blood pressure medicine, or cholesterol medications, they typically cause side effects like muscle pain, brain fog, and energy loss due to a depletion of minerals and vitamins in the body. It's SolutionsRx.com. Promo code OEP at checkout to receive 10% off of your first order. Uh, Hawkham Portable Buildings is at 7991 Highway 7 South in Hawkham, Mississippi. At Hawkham, they custom build your building to your specifications. However you want your carport, ATV, or storage shed, barn, hunting cabin, or other buildings, Hawkham can accommodate you. It's HawkhamBuildings.com or 662-226-2233. Free delivery and set up within 75 miles of Holcomb. You can learn more at Facebook or Instagram at Holcomb Portable Buildings. We're now uh, minus three weeks away from the first game, first tailgate. You want to get in touch with the people at 7 South Tailgating. It's your one-stop shop for all things tailgating at Ole Miss. Their service is fully customizable to accommodate anything from the most basic needs to turnkey tailgating. They provide a level of service unlike any other. Their team is passionate about serving fellow Rebels. It shows if you use their service once, you'll never tailgate without them again. 7SouthTailgating.com to submit a request. They're currently uh, booking single game, multi-game, and full-service packages. As of now, they still have availability for any and all services and game selections. Again, 7SouthTailgating.com. Podcast also brought to you by G&M Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area, and they offer MedSync. For your prescriptions, the same day each month, and take care of you. One trip to the pharmacy, one delivery, and you have everything you need when you need it with G&M. Also, with their med packs, they will individually package your medication for those who need that extra step. Maybe a parent or somebody who just uh, needs a little extra help. Morning pouch, afternoon pouch, everything there for them when they need it. That is, again, G&M, 662-236-2222.
Um, do you see where we've had now Mitch Barnhart had to make a uh, a comment. Stoops that. continued on Saturday. I mean, saw that this Kentucky thing, if nothing else, is getting us through a couple of days. It's it's it so, isn't. It's an interesting deal when you look at it in its totality. We talked about this on Thursday night with Calipari. I really had no issue with what he did. He was he was stumping for a practice facility, talking to mostly boosters in the Bahamas. Um, he just didn't have to bring up football. He didn't have to bring up football. Well, he because he well, what's funny about it? And I'll get to it. He has a couple comments here. I've got the whole thing in front of me. We'll go over. But he was I, he in his head. I think he thought he was. Now look, he's a jackass. Everybody knows Cal's a jackass. Yes. But he thought he was actually kind of sort of bringing them in in a positive way because he's like, hey, we're a basketball school, rah, rah. Now, I want them to win a lot of bowl games and a lot of 10 wins, but don't forget where your bread's buttered is kind of what he was going yeah. at here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he just didn't have to go there. Uh, he did not have to go there. Stoops followed back, as Ryan Brown said on Thursday night during Henry's guys. He really just had a couple facts. He mentioned four bowl wins in a row. He mentioned they play in the SEC. I think he put up – Exclamation! A question mark after basketball school in there again. He did not say anything incorrectly. No, I kept waiting for him to say we didn't lose to St. Peter's. I was. He had a couple of players that did, but he he did, he did not personally uh, did not do that. So um, Stoops on Saturday. Mitch Barnhart, <laughs> quite thankful that he did not. By the way, yes, very much so. Because <laughs> Mitch was already pissed, so he would have been even more pissed at yeah. that point. So on Saturday, I guess Stoops had a post practice interview or whatever after Kentucky had held his practice on Saturday. Yep. And he uh, he starts off with a pretty basic just, hey, it was in defense of my players and defense of the work we did. He mentions a couple times that he uh, he stays in his own lane, that he does not mention foot, uh, other sports, that he, he, he does not go that route. And then <laughs> he says that, listen, we all know this program wasn't born on third base. So some may, but I can promise you this football team didn't wake up on third base. Did a lot of work. We did a lot of work. Have a feeling that was pointed toward a specific situation in uh, in Lexington at that point. Um, he mentioned some facility things they didn't get either over the course of uh, over the course of time. And at this point, you know, Barnhart is wanting to just yeah. tear his own hair out. Yeah, and want everybody to cheer. Uh, yeah, he says Stoops. What I was mentioning, I don't care what anybody says about their program. That's not my business. That's not my lane. But when you start talking about my program and others that we compete against, I mean, I don't do that. I stay in my lane. He said that he and Calipari had not spoken, and he declined to comment on the status of their relationship. Oh, which is maybe the that that might be the biggest clue in all of these things at that point. Um, Calipari did say that he said the quote wrong thing in his initial comments. He says Mark and I will be fine. We'll get back and talk about it. I'm not a real smart person sometimes, and it doesn't come out the right way. That's an Italian in me. But will uh, will be fine. He said he has tried to reach out to Stoops. They have now communicated. And Mark's not ready to talk. Mark is not ready to talk. Um, yeah, Bar sometimes you're just pissed off and you're just not ready to put it to bed yet. Barnhart, the Kentucky AD, who also had a again news conference on Saturday that covered a lot of topics. He talked for like 45 minutes, yeah. so it wasn't just about this. However. He says, I think they'll talk at the appropriate time when Cal gets back from the Bahamas. I don't think those are conversations that are probably great over the phone. I think you want to get back face-to-face -face and visit a little bit and do that together. You know, they're both grown men um, that, are, that are iconic people in our program, and I would expect to anticipate that they'll manage it like pros. He, however, did say that he uh, did not appreciate how it was handled between the two high-profile coaches this uh, week and called it um, unproductive and unfortunate and that he had talked to each coach individually at this uh, at this point. 
And they both make millions more than he makes. And um, <laughs> yeah. that factors in as well. You know, like when the coach of the Lakers is pissed off at LeBron, there's only so much he can really say. Well, I guess that's a good point. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean. Yes. Barnhart Stoops started talking. is like, what are you going to do, fire me? Because I can get another job. I mean, Mark Stoops, if Kentucky fired him, Mark Stoops would have a job within minutes. And Calipari is iconic. Barnhart mentioned uh, rent at Rupp Arena. I don't think anybody's going to feel sorry for an SEC program mentioning how much it costs to do something right now. I don't feel like that's a that's a huge deal. Said it went from a couple hundred thousand, two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year to almost two million now to uh, help facilitate a major renovation of the downtown venue mm-hmm. that is uh, that is necessary. Are the women playing there now too, or they still play at Memorial on campus? I think they still play at Memorial, but Do I'm they? not sure. Um, Barnhart conceded he's quote not real thrilled with the state of his department this week. Quote: The grown-ups are going to have to figure it out and be a little better. We will not be an entitled department. We will be grateful for what we get. Um, Hmm. And then started going into some of his background, basically, at that point. It should so. be an interesting meeting when they all sit down together. <sighs> I did laugh at some of the other ADs. The one that comes to mind is Hunter Juracek at Arkansas put out a <laughs> – he just released it with, like, no comment. It was uh, after Arkansas had beaten A&M last year at Jerry World. Uh-huh. And uh, Van Horn and Musselman are down on the field, and they all kind of go over and hug Pittman. <laughs> And he said, I just felt like releasing this today. Don't know why. <laughs> I mean, people are having fun with it. It'll be all right. I, I'm, I'm going to get off this topic, but I do find it really fascinating for some reason. Uh, Barnhart goes here. We got 44 years of experience between the athletic director, the men's basketball coach, and the football coach at Kentucky. Walk around the league and tell me everybody else and who's got that. Then they can start tweeting that stuff out. A couple of them have gone through some coaches pretty quickly. So, yeah, I'm a little fired up about that. The league used to be a league of friendship. If this is the way it's going to go, I'm in. Let's go play. It got me a little juiced. He's yeah. talking about uh, the, uh, again, Hunter Juracek tweeting the football, men's basketball, and baseball coaches huddled together in conversation saying no specific reason. Just thought this was a great picture to share today. Yep. As Neil mentioned, quote, run, uh, hashtag one Razorback. And then Tennessee basketball player Josiah Jordan-James tweeted yikes in reference to the TIFF, saying we love each other on this side. Volunteer athletic director Danny White replied, saying he couldn't agree more and calling UT a, quote, everything school there coming from uh, White. Yeah, so. everybody's a little chippy. The league is chippy. The league's been chippy. I mean, I mean we had the Jimbo Saban thingy. You think this makes Fine Bomb's book make it a little longer? <laughs> I mean. You think we got a tributary out a little bit? It's been a good week for Kentucky Sports Radio. Literally, Matt Jones and those guys, I bet they've had a yeah, they've, had a, had a, they've had Not a just Kentucky Sports Radio, but Kentucky Sports yeah, Radio. They've yes. had a week. Uh, Kyle Wilson, thanks for the super chat. He says, if asked, would Freeze do a commentary on the Blindside movie? Um, Probably. Uh, probably, because he can't turn it down. I don't think Hugh was thrilled with the way he was portrayed in that At movie. all. Um, is this the best group of football coaches the SEC has had? And then, yes, there is a G-Pits we taped yesterday afternoon. Uh, Jay just sent me the link. I'll load it later today. 
I had a buddy text me last night, and he had shown Blindside to his kids for the first time, and the complicated thing to trying to show, you know, 10, 9-year-olds, the Blindside, and explaining, well, Orgeron was the coach there, but you knew him as the coach at LSU, and Nutt was the coach at Ole Miss here, but then Freeze was behind him in the video, and he coached at Ole Miss here too. And then, well, no, Saban was here, but he was at LSU at that point, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, it was complete and utter just chaos yeah. from trying yeah. to explain to, to young kids what exactly the Blindside was, uh, was going on at that point. Uh, it's a really good group of coaches. I mean, I, I off the top of my head, I, I'm having a hard time kind of going well compared to, but is the SEC group of coaches better than the Big Ten group of coaches? <sighs> I, I, probably, all in all. Um, I mean, if you look at the How SEC, many duds are in the league? Right now? Yeah. Duds. Well, let's go through. Okay. So you got the the greatest ever. Yeah, hold on, so we don't screw up anything. You got Saban at Alabama. I think it's safe to say he's not a dud. I, I have a feeling he helps the. Uh, I'm doing the overall this, thing of. I'm doing this alphabetically, starting in the West. You've got Sam Pittman at Arkansas. I don't think he's a dud. I, I look at what he's accomplished so far. I know there are people that desperately want to call him Matt Luke 2.0, and I, I. That doesn't feel fair. It just doesn't feel right. Frankly, uh, Brian Harston's not a dud. He won at Boise State. If Auburn fires him, he'll get another opportunity elsewhere. Um, the LSU, the name's escaping. Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly, certainly no dud. I mean, won a lot of college football games yeah. in multiple places. Um, Mike Leach has won at Texas Tech. He's won at Washington State. He's yet to really win at Mississippi State, but I, I, I wouldn't feel confident calling him a dud. I think it's safe to say Lane Kiffin is not a dud. What he's accomplished at Ole Miss is remarkable. And Jimbo. Um, and Jimbo's won a national championship and is not a dud. You might not like him, but I don't feel confident calling him a dud. I will I will say that I believe all in all, because you can I mean because your weak leak here is probably Harson or Leach. The SEC West is the best collection of coaches maybe ever in one division. I think that's more than fair. Yeah. I mean You've got a if, lot if, of if Mike Leach is the weak link. I mean, come on. And that's arguable. I mean, he won big at Texas Tech by Texas Tech standards. He won big at Washington State by Washington State standards. It hasn't happened at Mississippi State yet, and I'm not sure it ever will, but am I prepared to call Mike Leach anything resembling a dud as a coach? Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. All right, we'll move over. Obviously, Kirby Smart has won a title. He's all right right now. Mark Stoops is a hell of a football coach. There's no doubt about that. Josh Heupel. To be determined, but he's been all right. He's he's done I'm a lot of good to things. Call him a dud. No, 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 no. He's been fine. No, I'm 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 good there. Drinkwitz is the closest we have in the league. He's the one that if you told me you could have a dud, I'd say okay, it's probably him. I but, think he but is I'm not ready to go there yet. I don't I don't think he sucks, but I also don't think he's anything more than a war zero replacement coach. That's fair. And probably a little under that because he also gives you nothing on a PR standpoint or anything kind of off either. There's nothing to pull him up. Napier's not going to get it done at Florida this year, and so people are going to do this like cycle him, thing. But look at their recruiting. Go look at their 2023 class, and I'm just going to say you better get start getting them now. You think Florida's going to win again? I do, because he won big at Louisiana Lafayette, and they're recruiting at a really high level, and they're doing it, as someone pointed out to me yesterday, they're doing it from the inside out. They are recruiting linemen. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm good there. So drinks the closest the because Clark Lee and Beamer are the other two. So yeah, and, and we don't know. Well, Beamer's not a dud. I tell you, I mean, I, I'm not ready to do this. South Carolina's going to win nine games thing, but Beamer's a good coach. Beamer, if South Carolina will give him time, and I think they will give him whatever he needs, he I do is, too. He is eventually going to win there. It's going to take a minute, but he is going to win there. So here's the Big Ten list. Grind chipping in, saying he thinks the Big Ten has better coaches, and it's not even close. Um, the Big Ten, Illinois, Brett Bellema, Big Ten. When at Wisconsin was a disaster at Arkansas in a lot of ways. He was. He was a disaster at Arkansas in a lot of ways. Some of that was not all his doing, and some of it was just timing. Tom Allen in Indiana. I really, really like Tom, the person, but I think he was a one-hit wonder in Indiana. I don't see that being a sustainable year-over-year ability there. This will be somewhat unfair, but if it happens like you and I both think it's going to, I think people will look at them and go, and and they benefited in a COVID year. Mm -hmm. Where they weird, it was just a weird year. Sure. And, you know, Indiana is a really hard job. It is. It's hard, but I just, it doesn't feel like anything higher than that. Obviously, Kurt Ferenc is a hell of a coach at Iowa. Um, Mike Loxley at Maryland, I mean, it's been fine. Yeah, he's done okay. It's been fine. Mm-hmm. It's kind of in that middle ground. Arbaugh in Michigan, he needed last year to keep his gig. He gets a little bit of a new lease on life here. But nobody's calling him a dud. No, no, God, no. Yeah. I mean, Jim Harbaugh could probably get 10 jobs in a five-minute period. Mel Tucker has a hell of a year at Michigan State last year. I'm yeah. curious to see what he does year over year, but I he's a good I think they're going to win again this year. Yeah, I think he's a good coach. Hell of a recruiter. Uh, P.J. Fleck at Minnesota. You like him more than I do, but he is yeah, a winner. I like Fleck. Yeah. Scott Frost could be a dud. Frost won at UCF, though. He won big at UCF. And so no one's won at Nebraska in two decades. And so it's possible that that's just a place where you can't win. I guess the problem I have, and you're while you're right, is I just don't know what to do when teams win at lower levels. Like I don't know what to do with that coach. Does right. that necessarily mean he's a great Power Five coach? No. Not necessarily. No. You know, but I mean, I'm not giving. You know, I didn't get it was just one year, but I'm not going. Well, you know, Drink was great at App State. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, nah. no, he, he was. He inherited Satterwhite's program. And it's possible that Frost has a temperament that works well at UCF that might not work at a larger school. Sure. He's been battling with Trev Alberts a little bit, and I get the Nebraska thing adds so many layers and, and so many different it's possible ways. that you just can't win at Nebraska in the same way that you just can't win at Missouri. Mm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Kyle with another super chat. He says, if the issues at Kentucky keep on and Auburn fires Harson, would he go to Auburn? If I, Jay and I actually talked about this on G-Pits. You'll hear later today. Um, he would be on my really short list. Stoops. If I'm Auburn. Yeah. I don't hate that. No. I hadn't thought about it, but I don't hate it. Don't know that he'd leave Kentucky for Auburn. I don't know that he wouldn't. I mean, the, the rumor on Stoops is that he is waiting for his alma mater to open up and that it's his job. Really? For those who don't know, his alma mater is Iowa. Yeah. Well, I mean, be a hell of a fit there. Yeah, I mean. That, that, I mean, like that a, fits like, in like so a many perfect ways. glove. Where yeah, you put yeah, it on yeah, and, Oh, yeah. that is nice. Yeah. 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 Everything, continuity-wise, you're just rolling. Like, there's no. Yeah. yeah. A younger, maybe a little more dynamic for instance. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. 
Higher ceiling, I think. Yeah, yeah, and, and Francis' ceiling is 10-11 wins. So, sure. yeah, I mean, he – It's a hard I don't freaking... know that you can win a national title at Iowa. In fact, you probably can't. But in a 12-team playoff, I think you could expect to make the playoff sometime, sure. sometimes. Impossible job, but Pat's first year is a hell of a football coach. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, for sure. Um, he's done a good job. Uh, Ryan Day, obviously, is a good football coach at a loaded school. Um, I would like to see Day at a, some, a longer time in another place, just see what he's actually like as a coach. I mean, he's, yeah. they're so loaded that it's hard to – you didn't build it either. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, when you no. have no way to know, well, I mean, are you just in the penthouse and aren't wrecking it? Like, what? what's the deal there? I don't know that it's possible to lose there. Yeah, it's weird. James Franklin's a scummy human being, but he is a good football coach. <laughs> he is a hell of a good football He's coach. a good football coach. I couldn't hire him if I was an AD. I'll find somebody else. I, dude, you'd have to go to you put your head on the pillow every night going. I know, but it's college football, and it's already so scummy. What but if I can it? afford him, I can afford somebody else. I don't have to do that. Well, with. that's true. It's not like I get him or Drinkwitz. I mean, I can. If you're Auburn and James Franklin's mm-hmm. agent calls. Mm-hmm. I mean, please, please, please. <laughs> I mean, people say, yeah, what, people say Neil, what do you cheer for? I'm like, oh, you really want to know what I cheer for? Okay. I'd like something like James Franklin at Auburn and Hugh Freeze at Mississippi State, please. Thank you very much. I'd like to order that. <laughs> I mean, if someone told me today, hey, if the football gods came down and said, hey, guess what happens in December? And I'm like, I don't know what. Okay, well, Ole Miss is going to beat State again. And they're going to just go ahead and move on Leach. And guess who they hire? And I'd be like, Will Hall? No, no, it's better than that. Who? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. 
Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. They're going to hire Hugh Freeze. I would have to say, excuse <laughs> me, uh, Mr. Football Guy, with all due respect, I'm going to need to go somewhere for a minute. And thank you. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> I, I'm going to need a few minutes. Uh, Franklin should have be been better, though, than 66 and 34 at Penn State. You know, I don't know enough about the dynamics of that job post Sandusky sure. Gate. Maybe, maybe so. Maybe I'm, whether, man, maybe I'm not being fair. I don't. I, I just. I mean, you might be. I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd like to know more of the internals on what that looks like trying to recruit there with when you take a kid and go. Here are our facilities. Oh yeah, those. Yes, those yeah. are the showers. Yeah. Jeff Brom at Purdue had a year or two. It's okay. He's fine. He's solid. Yeah, he's all right. It's he's a hard solid. job. Yeah. He's twenty eight and twenty nine overall. It's fine. Uh, Shiano is a good coach. Greg Shiano is a really good football yeah. coach. Yeah. Um, again, it's nowhere near Neil's Iowa fandom, but if I have a Big Ten team, it's Wisconsin. I actually think Paul Chris is a little overrated. I think he's fine, but I think he's a touch overrated. They win a lot of games. They're never bad. But there is such a system in place at Wisconsin yeah. that as long as you sort of follow the system, yeah, I don't think you're going to suck, 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 suck. And he's had a hard time kind of just being better. Finding anything more offensively to kind of right. move them. They rely on the big tail back, and it just – yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm actually a little down on Chris compared to probably what his, his national whatever is. But yeah, The high school team is still running the power tee. I mean, a little bit. They've yeah. had a hard time kind of figuring out what that next thing is. And the Big Ten has been slower than the SEC to embrace moving, but yeah, there are schools that, that do it, obviously. Well, let's, let's be careful with this Big Ten bashing on Starting to get uncomfortable with this conversation. perfectly fine with the 10-7 game at 11 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> He's fine with it's great. the Iowa kicker hitting the 42-yard field goal as time expires to win 10-7. I'm perfectly cool with a second-quarter touchdown. I go, you know, that might be enough. <laughs> this is going to be interesting. <laughs> I like that. It's the football equivalent of that, se- yeah, that second-inning two-run homer, and you go, hey, that might be all we need today, guys. we got 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 that, got this rolling. <laughs> Oh, podcast. You know, you know yeah. people have asked me, and I tried, I've tried to think of what it is about the Big Ten. And I, I think I came up with a reason for why I kind of have a soft spot for it. When I was doing all that marathon training back in the day, on Saturdays, <laughs> I would run to a Big Ten game. Mm-hmm. And I would tell myself, all right, we're not taking a water break until this quarter ends. Okay. Okay. Well, an SEC quarter is 50 minutes. I mean, you're five miles before you started getting a sip of water. A Big Ten quarter sometimes was 20-something minutes because they're running the ball. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's first and ten, we know we're running here. Second and six, we're sure running. Third and two, maybe. And so I would get to my water break a little quicker in a Big Ten game than if it were like some – Goofy ass ACC thing <laughs> where it's forty eight. Oklahoma State Texas Tech didn't get you to your yeah, water anytime they're just soon. Throwing them, yeah, it's <laughs> incomplete. Clock sitting there. You're like, man, I'm, I I need a break here soon. Yeah, it might be that. Okay. Uh, podcast brought to you in part by Community Mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Soto County, and Chattanooga. All underwriting and processing is done in Memphis. You can look on underwriting and understand your market. Leader in condo financing, the float down option, and more. You can find Jason at 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E, community, mtg.com. 
Also brought to you by Dead Soxie, best socks you'll ever put on your feet. Get ready for the football season with some Ole Miss themed socks. If you got uh, people in your life who are fans of other teams, I got themed socks for some of them as well. DeadSoxie.com, promo code REBELGROVE at checkout for 25% off your order. Speaking of getting ready for football season, it's going to be hot in the Grove on September the 3rd. That vodka might hit you a little different than you used to. So get your Game Changer patches, the two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. Warm-up patch used before while you drink. Overtime patch used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. The all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game, ready for the next play. GameChangerPatch.com, promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your order. Automation and Control Systems, LLC. Owned and operated by my friend Clay McNutt in Baldwin, Mississippi. It's a complete electrical control system solution provider and a Rockwell Automation Recognized System Integrator. They've got a full-time dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a UL508A panel shop. To learn more, go to ACSLLCMS.com or call 662-601-4381. Lamons Fine Jewelry, 1126 North Lamar Boulevard, has been serving the Oxford area for three quarters of a century. Engagement rings, wedding rings, fine jewelry, watches, pearls, you name it, they've got it. It's the gold standard in fine jewelry. Visit them at LamonsFineJewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products, same great services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern, 662-429-4429. And we brought you by the College Corner. It's your one-stop Rebel Shop, two locations in the Jackson area in Ridgeland. It's next to Fleet Feet in Flowood. It's next to Half Shell. If you uh, don't live in Jackson, it's okay. Go to collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram with the largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. And if you're like me, you get your 401k statements right now and you just don't don't open them. You put them in a file somewhere and tell yourself that you'll look at them eventually. If yours is uh, looking rough and you want to maybe get a professional to start helping you a little bit, get in touch with the people at Pinnacle. It's mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N, wealth.com. Podcast is brought to you by Johnson Hill Creamery, johnsonhillcreamery.com. You can go to the website or go straight to their Instagram page where you see uh, how they make some of their cheeses. They do those locally and in-house every single day, some of their sandwich options, and much more. I saw a third on the message board earlier bragging on uh, their sandwiches that they have available each day as well. And it's getting close to Grove season, as Neil mentioned. That means uh, time to get your tailgate packages set. They have one that feeds 10, one that feeds 20. When this feeds 40, if you uh, so wish for that, everything from charcuterie to sandwiches, desserts, and uh, crudite and more. If you need a little healthier, they have that too. Neil can chomp on some celery, some uh, broccoli, and more. Cheese at JohnsonHillCreamery.com, 662-419-9201 to get your orders in now. Maybe one of the um, most degenerate things that I found this morning when I was looking through things to potentially talk about is... uh, NFL preseason betting and the things that you potentially could uh, could do with that. And I'm not staying on this very long, but I found this fascinating. I've actually got two things, one about both of Neil's teams. One, uh, Joe Burrow practiced full pads for the first time on Sunday. Uh, so everything beautiful. Uh, so beautiful. Everything moving in the right direction there for, uh, for the Bengals quarterback, it seems like. They had their first game on Friday and out before the game. He was out there doing sprints, looked like he was running well, and then he comes up, I guess it was on Sunday, and he's got his pads on, got his orange jersey, just looking, looking spectacular, ready to roll. 
I think you could have gotten away with being a Bengal scout on Saturday had you like had the notepad and the whistle. I think you could have walked over and started asking questions and gotten them <laughs> answered potentially. You know, find the GA who's only been here for a few weeks. Yeah, he doesn't go, know me. Yeah, yeah I guess. So, what do you really think about so and so? What's going on yeah. right there? Hey, I got, yeah, I got, I got, I got, got it going. <laughs> I only saw Jets on Saturday. Might okay, be more, there. but I saw Jets. Um, Jets have been out there a lot. Have they? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so anyway, what I was going to read here is this, this cracks me up, but I'm, I mean, I'm sure there's value in this, I guess, but I pulled this up on ESPN this morning. The guy says, truthfully, I'm scared for Chicago Bears fans. They're just a tad bit too optimistic about Justin Fields. They want it so badly and that desire might lead to devastation. Personally, I'm not sold on him. Regardless, I also think he has the fewest playmakers of any starting quarterback. It's just not a good situation. There are seemingly opportunities to fade Chicago in the first half odds during the preseason. Mm. I prefer the first half because Trevor Simeon and Nathan Peterman have enough starting experience to excel against backups. Chicago's 14-0 half, halftime deficit Saturday is more likely an omen rather than an anomaly. Speaking of which, the Bears visit Seattle on Thursday. It seems like a good situation to back the home team in the first half. Not much is expected from the Seahawks this season. In fact, they're the fourth favorite at, they're fourth favorite at Caesars to score the fewest points. Yes, you can wager on that, he says. Pete Carroll will likely need a 13th and 14th man to avoid the NFC West basement. So uh, there's your gambling pick for the week. We'll get into more gambling as the season gets here, but it's to fade the Bears. First half against the Seahawks on Thursday night. Or just fade the Bears. Maybe we don't need the qualifier there, right? Yeah, just, I mean, the qualifier is help, helpful for a specific bet. But boy, they're bad. They just don't have any – he has no help, and I'm not sure how good he is. Is He's fine. Is there hope with him? Maybe. Maybe. I, I mean, is he going to do what some of the other quarterbacks in the league can do? I don't think so. I, I think his ceiling is 12th, 13th, 14th best quarterback in the league. Ceiling. That's what it feels like. Which is not winning playoff it's games. Not really fair. But yeah, just last season was tough to watch. Okay. We're going to go over this 7,000 times, but just quickly because we have a minute and nothing else to talk about when we talk football. Uh, give me, I, I only hit the ones that are Power Five games. Tell me if you have any interest in some of these uh, Week Zero games that are coming up. We're not that far away. I mean, we're only 12 days away from the college football opening, yeah. uh, opening week. Did we decide we're skipping Neil's picks for Vanderbilt and Hawaii? Yes, yes we're not going to go there. We're not going to go we're there. Wait and do it right. Vanderbilt is only an SEC team as long as there are other SEC teams involved, yes. essentially. They're an add-on to yes. the schedule, not the reason for a schedule. Um, your first game – actually, there's no time yet, which would seem to be kind of an issue. We're 12 days away from kick, and there's zero time on the Nevada-New Mexico State game. That just does nothing for me. I know it's college football. It's a little surprising that there's no time. Yeah. What, what's going on? I don't know. But like, I hear people go, it's football, I'll watch it. I'm like, you know, I, I, I'm not quite there yet. If I had to pick one, I actually would be more interested in Austin P at Western Kentucky than Nevada at New Mexico State. Yes. It's Which says a, more about the first Will be game. a better game. But even that, I'm like, are you watching that? I'm like, no, probably not. I mean, no, I'm not. The really. scale's going up now at 1130 a.m. 1130 a.m. Nebraska Northwestern on Saturday. Okay, now I'm watching that. You're in? In. One thousand percent. You will have that on. Yes, unless Carson's got Carson's got soccer that weekend in in a tournament in Clinton, and so I don't know what I don't know what's going to be feasible. 
but I'll try. Yes, if that's on in the hotel room, I'm I'm glued. I don't think anyone's interested in Idaho State and UNLV. Nope. UConn and Utah State. Where does UNLV play, by the way? I don't know. I think I flew over their stadium, and if I did, it's kind of out out of the like city Fort a Henderson little bit. Somewhere? Well, I couldn't tell where it was, but it was out a little ways, and it's so freaking hot. Like, what what does that look like in Allegiant August? Stadium? So they play in the Raiders Stadium. They do. Okay, well, that's much different. Um, I think pretty sure. Uh, yeah. And after 2019, Sam Boyd Stadium, though, in Whitney, Nevada, was where they played. Um, from sorry, I had it up. 1971 until 2019, I believe. Fairly sure I flew over it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, if they play at Allegiant, at least that's a fun place to go sit and watch a game. Yeah, 71 to 19, they moved to Allegiant in 20. Um, This is also where the Las Vegas Bowl was from 92 through 19 before moving as well. Okay. That's an SEC bowl tie-in now, right? I believe that's correct. Yeah. I mean, better than Shreveport. Better than a lot of places. Well, that's a good point. We actually got on the list pretty good, can't we? Better than Tampa? Yeah. Jacksonville? Something I mean, different. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, Hartwell will move to 1-0 against UConn, but whatever. Don't care. Wyoming's at Illinois. I don't know if even Neil can love that game. I would give it a shot. <laughs> What's the straight? I mean, Northwestern and Nebraska will have been over for about three hours by the time that, that gets started. So, yeah. You know, what time's that game? I'm just kidding. It's a three. You can go uh, back to back. You can go straight in if you'd like. Oh, yeah. You get a Big Ten double header if you would like oh, one. Sign me up. Charlotte at Florida Atlantic. I'll pass. No. Decane at uh, Florida State. We're going to pass on that. I feel like Mike Norvell will get that one accomplished. Yeah. That doesn't do much for me. Florida A&M and North Carolina. I mean, even I can't care for Phil Longo that much. No. North Texas at UTEP. No. An 8 o'clock start. No. Not not interesting? Mm, it's kind of tough. Not, not not there. And then your nightcap, 9.30 on the opening weekend of college football, the Vanderbilt Commodores, the Hawaii Warriors. Sign me up. From Clarence T.C. Ching Athletic Complex in Honolulu, Hawaii. Yes, sir. Clark Lee, Timmy Chang. Sign me up. CBS Sports Network. Tickets as low as $47. That's actually kind of expensive God, for that game. That's kind of expensive. You, who's paying $47 <laughs> to see that? That's the cheapest. That is the... Does that come with all you can drink beer? And that is the second most expensive ticket of the first weekend. What's the most? Nebraska Northwestern. Okay, where's that? Is that game in Dublin? Uh, Yes. Okay. Tickets as low as $174 for that game. Wow. Yes. I mean, I know there's a lot of not much availability because it's a small stadium, but I mean, come, oh, hold on. This, I knew it was small, but this, this place is really small. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a rec center sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, I guess ticket ranging from $47 to $225. Okay, if you pay $225. Those are good seats, though. It's section. It's actually end zone seats for two twenty five. Just go to a sports bar and watch it, for God's sake, if you're going to spend that much money. <laughs> you're in Hawaii. Hang out on the beach. Put it on your phone. That's a good point. No matter how many hours you have in Hawaii, spending four of them there seems like a bad idea, <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, I'm just thinking. 
I've never been, so maybe after a few hours of it, you're ready to do something different. I don't know. This is Vanderbilt football. I feel like I need to bet on that game. Just I don't know why. It just feels like that feels like a game to bet on that night. And I think Vanderbilt wins. Maybe um, even kind of. Yeah, I think so. I think they're going to cover. I mean, six and a half. You got to be super careful with week one overreactions. But if they don't, they've got real problems. Yeah, it's an intramural field. Oh, so it's like I mean, what's what's the what's the attendance? I, I'm guessing like five thousand. I got it up right here. Capacity is nine thousand. Okay. So it'll feel like just a typical Vanderbilt game. It's a really it's a big high school stadium it's, essentially. It's Vanderbilt, Kentucky in November in Nashville. Well, Kentucky will bring <laughs> a few more. Nashville's fun enough. Be fine. <laughs> it's um it's right it's close to where though um. Masoli and the other guy play Mariota played high school ball. It's like real close to their area. Okay. I'm looking at a map here. So anyway, okay. I don't know why I spent that much time on that, but so I did. Uh otherwise news from Saturday as we kind of jump back in that for a minute. Um the kicker was good, Jonathan Cruz, seven of seven ish, six of six. I don't know. There was some debate about it. I think it was seven for seven, but um, I think it was six for six, but it doesn't they, matter. He was really good. He looked like he would have made twenty in a row. Several from between forty and forty nine, at least. I don't know if they ever extended him past fifty, but they I didn't. saw some forties. No, they didn't. It was in the forties. Was the, I think forty two was the longest. Okay, he, but he he, look, he looked fine. He looked super accurate based on the leg that I saw. I don't know that he's going to consistently hit the fifty yarder, but what difference does it make? Like Lane joked, because that's like a year's worth of kicks for us. <laughs> he did say that. I mean. <laughs> and he in his career, he's five of six from fifty and out. Yeah. Um, he has two fifty-six yarders in his career, which is his his high. The backup was one for three. It Christian does, Stenefield. It just doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It was like I I'm fairly sure uh, Trace Campbell caught the two point conversion from Kincaid Denton. The usual suspects <laughs> questioned the veracity of that, and I was like, it, it just doesn't matter. That was the moment where I went, you know, I was going to write something, but it's three o'clock, and I'm I think I'm going to go to the pool. I'm done. It's time to pour a beer. And it didn't matter. Peace peace out. It It just doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, the way that Ole Miss operates practice, I know some people think we're being jerks. The third team just doesn't factor in. I mean, like, there's no way, like, if you get bumped to the other field, then suddenly we got eyes on you, and that means something. But they have a very clear line of demarcation there to figure that out. I mean, every once in a while, they run up and get somebody off the big, off the top field to come down to the main field. And when they do, you're like, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. Yeah, what's so-and-so doing? That's... Yeah. But, yeah. They did it with Rashada a few weeks ago. Yeah. They did it with several dudes, actually, but that was the one off the top of my head that is that is making sense there. Uh, Some defensive guys held out. Finley didn't play. Yeah, um, I think AJ has some sort of a legitimate injury. I don't think it's a big deal, but I think they're being super there's careful. There's no reason to Plus, push they that. know what AJ Finley can do. I tell you what stuck out too is we talked about the wide receivers struggling, but with Robinson out and Mingo in the white shirt, they had a really hard time because the defense was a lot of running a good bit of just kind of man press. Partridge cannot turn it off, so we're right. playing defense and they couldn't catch the ball against Miles Battle. He had sort of shut down the side of the field, and that was affecting everything the quarterbacks were doing because everything was middle and over. 
The one thing that I noticed, and I ran this by a football person who agreed with me, is that the receivers were having a very difficult time getting open against man. Mm-hmm. Period. Which is not good. And it was disruptive. There were some times where, in fairness to Luke Altmeyer, and I may have kind of written this, people were like, well, you know, he's, he's got to put the ball downfield. I'm like, yeah, but there's nothing open. Yeah, there was nowhere to throw it. I mean, there's nobody open. He was going through his progressions. Um, and that happened to Dart, too. And frankly, Dart in the pocket is a really accurate passer. Dart on the run is not. That's the part of his game that he still has to build. He still has to develop his. Yeah, he can run, but he's not great throwing on the run. Right when yeah. he gets off platform, he's not. He's not particularly accurate yet. And that's something to watch because teams are going to try to flush him out. Because in the pocket, he's really good. Yeah, when he actually has time to set up and set. And you know, people people have said, and I don't know enough about quarterback play, Chase, to say whether this is accurate or not, but football people have said he's kind of mechanical still right now. And mechanical quarterbacks are often really good in the pocket. It's your improv- improvisation skills. Now, he's such a charismatic kid that I think that's going to come for him. Again, a reminder, he's 19. Until almost next season. He's 19. He'll be 19 at the end of next spring. He'll still be 19. He's 19. He's not a finished product. I have no idea what he did on plays where I didn't notice him because, I mean, I'm just – I don't understand anywhere near enough about defense to not sort of watch the ball. But I thought Austin Keys was really active on Saturday. I thought he bounced around. I thought he was physical. He looked like a more mature version of the Keys that first popped for us when he got to campus where you went, oh, no, that dude really looks like a linebacker. He – he looked yeah. like that on Saturday. Well, again, like I went back and did numbers, and the running backs, Bentley had a couple of really good runs. He and Judkins both had one series where they were popping off yeah. the page. But Judkins just dominated the number two defense one time down the field, right. and then Bentley did a really good job on like a three, four, five play sequence there. But all in all, the running game was not particularly effective. They really had a hard time running in between the tackles. Yeah. And, again, the it, offensive line was, you know. Hodgepodge. Hodge. Broker played like eight plays. I yeah, mean, and they got nothing. him out of there. They didn't need to – you don't need to lose him, obviously. You know, I, I still continue to come back to this. I, I've, I've written now several times. Their sixth lineman is is uh, Jaden Williams. Yes, the redshirt freshman from Conway, Arkansas. They like him a bunch. And in any other scenario where it wasn't so set, I think he would be pushing for a spot. Yeah, and frankly, but if anybody gets hurt, I think they're going to shuffle the line because Jeremy James is so versatile. Jeremy can play right. Yeah, tackle. I think Williams plays left tackle if there's an injury. Yeah, and you move. That's what it feels around. like, at least. Tell you what, I'd be tempted to get Caleb Warren out of there right now. I, I, until I get some snaps done behind him, I don't need him banged up. No, he I has mean, a snap. you know, and, and I suspect that if we were talking about Kentucky or Auburn or LSU or Texas A and M or I mean, Akron, Arkansas, they could do things and move people. On. My point yeah. was, I think if we were talking about those teams, they would tell you, yeah, you know, we lose a couple offensive linemen, it gets kind of kind of rough quick. Well, that's a good point. Not everybody has nine that are the same as the first three. That's not the way that works. They're your seventh, eighth, ninth rotational people for a reason. Right. And that's 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 why that happens as it does. So that's a good point. I 
yeah, without the normal offensive line, without the normal wide receiver core, it's just hard to grade the defense. I thought they played really well. I thought they definitely won, but they were physical. They run around. They played a lot of guys too. I, mean, I don't know. It's just again, it's one scrimmage, and it's impossible to take everything from it. You, there's this expectation to go. Well, no, here's the rule. It's like no. Well, Lane not. caught himself because earlier they had tweeted Lane's comment to me in response to my question about hey, these, I can't think of more important scrimmages. And he started to say, hey, look, it was one scrimmage. It was just a scrimmage. And then he caught himself. He's like, it's important. I mean, I know he said it was important. But it was just one scrimmage. Because I kind of laughed a little, and I think he saw me sort yeah. of giggle at it. But it, at the end of the day, it was just kind of one scrimmage. It was. You, 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 can't, you can't make massive sweeping judgments off one hour and a half scrimmage on a Saturday morning. No. Podcast brought to you in part by Northeast Spark, N-E-S-P-A-R-C, service people across rural communities. Two packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the 1 Gig, the Powers, the Clark Ford Studio, your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's nespark.com, 662-238-3159. Phone service, parental controls, network security, and more. So again, call the office for those details. That's 662-238-3159. If you want a special trip, that creates a lifetime of unique memories, I suggest you get in touch with John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. He knows how to put together, uh, with extra attention and his contacts, a, uh, a vacation that you won't ever forget. Give him some parameters. Give him a budget. He's going to give you options and know this. You don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of his services. 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. Uh, Opa is Oxford's newest restaurant on the square. Euros, wraps, kebabs, redfish, lamb chops, handcrafted cocktails, frozen libations, and amazing candlelit patio. All of that at 306 South Lamar in Oxford. I'll have a mailbag up on Wednesday. It's brought to you by Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, serving you for all of your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. Whitney sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes. 662-567-2573 or 662-562. 842-3844. And we're brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency. They've been connecting great job opportunities to candidates since 1967. If you're on the job hunt, they've got opportunities across the board in all different fields from uh, entry level to seasoned professional. They uh, It's always free for the candidate. All conversations are kept confidential, so you've got nothing to lose by giving them a call. It's Will, Sydney, or Kelsey at 662-832-5138 or servicespecialistltd.com. We're also brought to you by The Rogue. It's your destination for fine men's clothing. Their stylist hand-select pieces from top designers from work to lifestyle to nightlife. There's the perfect something for everyone at The Rogue. Peter Millar, Martin Dingman, Jack Victor, Halsey, True Grit, and more. 4450 I-55 North in Jackson or therogue.com. And don't just accept what you see, but imagine something new. Step forward, chase after a better version of yourself every day. Corinth Dental is helping people reinvent themselves one smile at a time. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. 12 months, no interest, no down payment financing available at CorinthDental.com. And we're brought to you by Pinpoint Commercial Real Estate. Based out of Jackson, they service the entire state in all commercial asset classes such as industrial, 
retail, office, medical, and land. B.B. Mitchell with Pinpoint provides a plethora of commercial real estate services, but this core focus is sourcing investment properties for his clients. Pinpoint sets itself apart with its ability to source off-market opportunities for its investor clients, which maximizes returns. Pinpoint takes pride in its attention to detail, professionalism, and hard work for your commercial real estate needs. Call B.B. at 601 nine three four five thousand eight and don't forget about southern traditions farm 68 acre 32 stall upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in canton mississippi they've got uh, beginner lessons they've got advanced lessons for people who are competing in competitions and it's also a great place to host an event a party so get in touch with uh, susan walt bowers cone and the people out at southern traditions farm on facebook or instagram at southern traditions farm uh, just because it was a familiar name to uh, Ole Miss fans for uh, a good bit of time, um, Isaiah Naor that went to Texas, he tore an ACL over the weekend. He is uh, he's out. They actually got bit twice. Yeah, they, they got senior a lineman, too. lineman that's out. Mm-hmm. ACL injury for uh, for both those guys. So if you uh, had some overbets on the Longhorns, two shots there, um, big shots. Well, look. You know, we talk about this all the time. We kind of read some other sites in Oklahoma and Texas or two that I go to pretty often. I was reading Catches 10 Thoughts, and I got a feeling he was going to do this prior to this, and I'm not making it completely about this, but I did find it interesting that his first two to three thoughts yesterday were talking about how good the team could be in 2023. Mm. And that just, just a little glimpse I thought into, hmm, we're looking a year ahead right now, huh? Like, that's not – that's got a little something there to it. He was doing possible 2023 starting lineup for for, for point two yesterday. Mm, it doesn't go well when you're at Texas. You know what I mean? Yeah, because even some I'm, – I'm reading this, hey, they're going to get better throughout the year, and hey, by December, nobody's going to want to play them. It's like, okay, like, uh, uh, when they're four and eight, like, what, what, are we, what are we doing here? I mean, I'm a Thunder fan. And so sometimes when people roll out the Thunder 2023 lineup, I'm in. <laughs> and sometimes you go, oh. you know, especially when they go, hey, at center, it's Victor Wimbanyama. I'm like, sign me up. But at some point you go, hey, don't we need to play this season's games first? Just a few of them anyway. And at Texas, I don't know that Texas is ever going to be the Oklahoma City Thunder of the NBA in their, their fan base. I don't know that Texas, you can do the rebuild thing forever. Why are we talking about uniforms on the thread? I mean, I'm all for uniforms, but why are we talking about uniforms? I'm not sure. Although, I tweeted this on Saturday. Uh huh. One of the great uniform matchups of all time was wasted on a preseason game. Who? The Indianapolis Colts at the Buffalo Bills. Oh, that is a good it was, one. How spectacular. That was, is a good one. I was sitting back watching that just going, oh, this is amazing. And nobody saw it because it's preseason, but it was beautiful. If Texas is mediocre, mm-hmm. one, two, three, four, five, probably for sure losses or at least probables. Uh, give me their schedule. I'll, I'll and a couple of maybes. Give me, I'll give you a quick WL on their schedule. All right. Uh, ULM at w. home. Uh, home game against Alabama. A loss. Sure. You want to talk about it? Nope. You good? Yep. They might shock the world. If they do, it'll be by losing to ULM. One and one. <laughs> UTSA. Two and one. But sneaky. Better show. Sure. They're going to win. But sure. it's the week after Alabama. Sure. Better win. Sure. Uh, West Virginia at home. 
again, you're probably winning. But yeah, but interesting. Three and one, and I'm already a little shaky. Oklahoma. Three and two. Iowa State. Three and three. Oklahoma State. Three and four. That in an off week. That'll, that'll be a fun week in Austin yeah. right there now. Sign <laughs> me up. <laughs> October 29th, guys. Let's get here. Because if you said you're off one, you go two and five. Yeah, yeah. And then, oh, hell. Okay, we got them three and four. Open date. Yeah, Kansas State. Where? Bill Snyder Family Stadium, Manhattan, Kansas. It, you're gonna, they're going to win, but okay, yeah, okay, four and four. But my, <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like I'm walking on stilts right now. TCU at home, five and four at Kansas. All jokes aside, <laughs> six, six and four. But I'm wishing I had the Kansas State game back right now. Six and four, Baylor. Six and five. That's all. They only play 11 games? Did I forget something? One, two, three, four. Oh, sorry. There's an at Texas Tech in there. I skipped that one. I mean, we're giving them these games. <laughs> that I, why but we're we... only still getting them to seven. I mean, we're, but we're, we're... We had to push to get it to seven. I'm not giving them three games that you just don't because like. they have horns on their helmet. And I'm not a big believer that the uniform wins games. Because you're giving them TCU, Texas Tech, and West Virginia. Yeah. In Kansas State, I'm giving them oh. four games. They only have three games on the schedule you feel really good about. Yeah, ULM, UTSA, and TCU. I think TCU's going to be well, really TCU is going to be really bad. Kansas four. They lost to Kansas last year. Oh, they did. They lost the game. I watched it <laughs> with you cheering. That's true. The walk-on tight end caught the he touchdown. Did. He did. His parents were very excited. And so were we. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I can't criticize his parents. We were cheering too. Oh, the highest ranked Texas team at the end of the year will be A and M or Baylor. Yes. Which one? Take your pick. AP poll comes out today. By the way, doesn't? Yeah. Is Sus a voter? I don't know. Yeah, probably some TV guy from Gaucher or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um. No clue. Uh, I actually hope it's like Steve Robertson or something. It won't be, but I would I would laugh out loud be, and be super excited if it were. <laughs> uh, that would give us a segment every single week. Oh well, that's true. Here's the here's the poll. <laughs> here's the poll. It's <laughs> yeah. a good point. Where would you put if you were doing a, if you were a voter? How would you do SEC teams on your ballot nationally? Yeah. Bama one, mm-hmm. Georgia three. Okay. I mean, without going through the whole thing, Texas A and M seven eight. I don't know somewhere okay. in that realm. All right. Uh, Tennessee would be ranked. Tennessee, Arkansas, Kentucky, and Ole Miss. All somewhere between sixteen and twenty two, ish. Okay. Somewhere in there. So I would have and Alabama. I, think that's it. I would have Alabama one. I would have Georgia three. I would have A and M around ten. Okay. I the would problem actually, around that ten is there's other teams you're going well, but I hate them too. Right. Even though they got to be ranked ninth. I probably would have Kentucky higher than most people. I probably would have Kentucky at like twelve or thirteen. I think I would have Ole Miss at about twenty, maybe a dash higher. I'd have Arkansas around 21, 22, and I think I'd put Tennessee in that 24, 25 range. 
And I think I'd feel pretty good about it. I don't think I'd rank LSU. I, I might end up regretting that later. I wouldn't put Auburn in there because I just got to see something. Um, and I wouldn't put Florida in there because I don't think they're a top 25 team. They have a top 25 name, but not a top 25 team. And then the rest of the league, whatever. And if you told me that there's a team out and team in in the SEC that I'm going to put in by the year end of the year, I would think Tennessee is out and LSU's in. Yeah. If I just – somebody said, hey, you're one off on both directions. Could be. That's – Probably where I would go with that. There's been some talk about Brett McMurphy's um, initial poll. I saw it on the board, and it's, it's here in the stream. Brett has Alabama at one, Georgia at three, A and M at five, Arkansas at fourteen, and Tennessee at twenty-two. He did not put Ole Miss in his poll. Yeah, and he had like some weird teams late. He had like Air Force twenty-three or something. It was there was there was stuff all in his poll. This will not be a popular take that I'm about to give. I I, I don't fault a national person who doesn't study Ole Miss for no, not whatever. putting Ole Miss in the in, in the poll. There are a there are enough question marks for Ole Miss that a national person could leave them out. Yeah, that you can go ah, okay. I have no problem with that. Yeah. Here's the bottom line. Ole Miss is going to play four games in September. They're probably going to win all of them. If Kentucky beats Florida, they're going to win all of them. And that October the first game that I keep talking about is going to be really big. And the winner of that game will vault into the top ten. And at that point it never matters, but it really doesn't matter until then if it ever matters at all. If you're worked up about your ranking on September the 3rd, that's on you. Yeah, and the coaches poll Ole Miss is what, 23, 24? Yeah, it's 24, I think, which is fine. Whatever. Yeah, by October 1st, because everybody else is going to lose, you're going to win. You're going to be no lower than 14th. Yeah. And it could be as high as like 7th, depending sure. on the chaos that has happened around the sure. country. And it never matters, but – if you're going to pay attention to it, I would recommend. And then you beat Kentucky, you beat Auburn, you beat Vanderbilt, suddenly you're cooking with gas and you're yeah, going to be you up there. you go to LSU, ranked fifth or sixth in the country. and In it. They're, and they are laser-focused on you at that point. Yeah. Now you get to find out who you are. Yeah. Because it's the first of three trips. Yeah, that's the one where the dealer goes. <laughs> yeah. Have at it. Because that's the <laughs> section of the schedule that mm. – I mean, look, if you beat Kentucky and you beat Vandy and you beat Auburn, and those are ifs. A lot of ifs. But you're 7-0, and and your next four games are at LSU, at A&M, Alabama, at Arkansas. All four of those teams will be locked in on you, and then you know what's, you know what's on Thanksgiving. Yeah, sure. So You might face a state team, though, that might, while desperate is just broken. Could be. By Thanksgiving. In fact, I kind of think That schedule sucks. I think they will be. Yeah, I do, too. I actually – that that feels much closer to win yeah. than agreed than 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 coin flip. Yeah, I mean if if you told me Ole Miss lost an SEC home game besides Alabama, I would go oh, it's Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And then if you told me nope, it's not Kentucky, I go oh it's Auburn. Mississippi State would be my last guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's right. All right, we got a week to uh, get through here prior to uh, kind of getting into game week a little bit. Next time we will have games. When we, when we talk next Monday, there will be games at the end of the week, and the end of the weekend as week zero is upon us. So, again, the last week of Ole Miss preseason camp here uh, here this week. Uh, practice access has been dwindled, however. Um, we mentioned this on Thursday or Friday. There was only uh, basically a stretching period allowed, and it's just 
um, end of practice moving forward. So there's not the full media observations that would be. We have interview access Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'm Correct. handling it Monday and Wednesday. Chase is handling it Friday. So we, we will have coverage to you throughout the throughout the week. That is correct. Yes. Yes. On all those different, uh, all those different ways. So, okay. Take care. Hope everything uh, is well in your world, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that seventy-five percent of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over thirty-five, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.